Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Mike Jezoshek. And if you didn't check out last week's episode, last week was part one of things that we need to be thinking about before year and kind of that final checklist to make sure that we've got everything buttoned up and everything that we need to do to make sure that 2023 is the year that we pace the least amount of taxes legally possible. So last week was part one. We talked about the S corporation. We talked about the late election for an S corporation. We talked about reasonable salary, self-employed health insurance, and the accountable plan for those of you that are organized as an S corporation. We also talked about maximizing deductions and that entire concept and mindset that we want you to be thinking about. We talked about hosting and setting up your board meetings, funding retirement accounts, and we also talked about the 14-day home rental rule or the Augusta rule and how that plays into all of that type of planning. So if you have not checked out last week's episode, definitely check it out. Today, we're just going to expand on even more more topics on that same idea of here are things we want to make sure you're doing before 1231. We talked about it last week. We mentioned last week that this is, we're not going to dig deep into these strategies. The point is to say, okay, let's go over the basic concept of these strategies. We have episodes, we have series, we have a ton of data and and a ton of content on all of these strategies that dig so much deeper in both our previous podcast episodes and our software tax elm. So wherever you feel, wherever you want to learn about those things, go there. Use this episode and last week's episode as an opportunity to check off that list to say, Yep, I took care of this. Yes, I have done this. I've taken advantage of this. And that's going to be your opportunity to make sure that this is the year to pay the least amount of taxes as legally possible. All right, let's hit the ground running. Again, we talked about a bunch of strategies last week. Where do we want to talk about today? We want to talk about this idea of hiring your kids. This is one of my favorite strategies and one strategy that I think so many business owners miss out on. Hiring your kids, especially those that are under 18, is a great way to get a business deduction and those children potentially pay no income taxes on that income. If your child, at least on the federal level, is making less than 13850 that's the standard deduction for a single filer, that they don't pay any income taxes on that. So let's say you had your child running some social media for your business. They're 16 years old. They're great social media people. And they were on some social media for your business and you were paying them $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 for the year. You get a tax deduction for $12,000 in your business, and they pay no income taxes on that because it's under the standard deduction. If you're paying them out of a sole proprietorship or a single member LLC, you don't have to withhold for FICA taxes. You don't have to withhold for federal unemployment. So you can literally, if they're doing the work and you have the documentation to support it, you could pay them that $12,000, $1,000 a month. It would be a business deduction. They wouldn't have any federal withholding tax. They wouldn't have any FICA. They wouldn't have any federal unemployment because you're paying them out of a sole proper single member LLC. Now, many people are probably listening and saying, Mike, you told me that an S corporation is the best route. So why are now we talking about sole proprietorship? So if you pay your children out of an S corporation, then you need to withhold for FICA. Then you need to withhold for federal unemployment. Now, they still wouldn't owe federal income taxes because they're under that standard deduction, but you'd have to withhold for Social Security, Medicare, and federal unemployment. So what we often talk about, and we've talked about this in our episode where we dive deeper, is we pay them through a family management company. That family management company does work for your S corporation. Let's go back to that social media idea. You have a family management company that you set up that's a sole proprietorship. That company does advertising or social media services for your S corporation. So S corporation pays family management company, pays your children, and that's how we're getting those funds to flow through a sole proprietorship and avoid that spike of taxes for your children that are under 18 years old. So 
The key thing is if you ever heard of the strategy, you haven't heard me talk about it, we talk about it all the time, go back and check out those other episodes we just did a, a few weeks ago. And if you've heard of it and you're like, yeah, I love it. I want to pay my children. Make sure you make those payments. Now's the time to make those payments and make sure you make them before 1231 flowing. If you're at Brand S Corporation, flowing through that family management company and then paying your children out of there. Utilizing this hiring your kids strategy too, depending on what you're going to have them use those funds for. If they're going to use those funds to go play with friends, go to amusement parks, do whatever it might be, that's fine. Another opportunity that we absolutely love is that now that we have your child having earned income, we can take that earned income and fund a Roth IRA with it. A Roth IRA is an incredible tool because the beauty about a Roth IRA is that it grows tax-free and withdraws tax-free in retirement. The bad thing about a Roth IRA is you don't get a tax deduction when you put the funds inside of it. But if your children don't have any income taxes, they don't need a tax deduction. So they just see the benefits of a Roth IRA. And we have seen many, many families set up an incredible long-term retirement plan simply by funding a Roth IRA at a very young age for their children, while also taking advantage of this idea of hiring their kids in their business. So use this as a reminder. If you haven't already, make sure you're taking advantage of this. Make sure you dot your I's, cross your T's. We need to make sure that we're paying our kids a fair rate for the type of work they're doing. They need to actually be doing work. We need to be documenting that work they're doing. We need to dot our I's and cross our T's on this strategy, but it should be something that everybody should be able to take advantage of to some extent. We might not be doing the 12000 Some people might just be paying their seven-year-old $100 a month, 1200 bucks, whatever it might be. We're taking advantage of the strategy. Now, if your kids are over 18, now we're probably looking at hiring them as a 1099 contractor if that works and if we can make that work in their business. We're going to pay them as a 1099 contractor. They're going to have some expenses, a home office, maybe come home to travel their client, which is your business. They're going to come travel them. So they're going to have some expenses that they can use to offset that, that 1099 income. And they can be implementing the same type of tax strategies that you're implementing. So if you have kids over age 18, typically we're going to say, don't do W-2 unless they're thinking, acting, sounding, everything like a W-2 employee, then do W-2. But if we can get them into a 1099 contractor, great opportunity for those that are over 18. Under 18, we're going to pay them out of the business, ideally out of a sole proprietorship. If you're set up as an S corporation, we're going to recommend utilizing a family management company to pay them out of there so that we do not have to worry about FICA taxes and federal unemployment. One final note about this is that look at your state standard deduction as well, because you might want to stay under that limit if you don't want to have to pay any state taxes. We're talking mostly federal here. So that federal standard deduction is at 13,000 something. Check your state too, because that might be, you might say like, oh, I'm only going to pay 5,000 because the state standard deduction might be six as an example. So definitely check into that. So hiring your kids, absolutely incredible opportunity. Let's talk about medical. Again, we've done series on this. We've got, we talked, dug deep into this. First things first, if you're self-employed and you're paying for health insurance premiums, it's a tax deduction. Make sure you have record of that. Make sure you're running that through the business. If you can, make sure you're reimbursing for it. Otherwise, if you haven't. But if you're paying for self-employed, if you're self-employed and you're paying for health insurance premiums, it's a tax deduction. Now, depending on how your business is set up is how you get that tax deduction. So we talked about with an S corporation last week that we need to add it to payroll and gross up your W-2 payroll. Then we get a deduction again on the personal side, but it has to be part of that W-2 payroll. If you're set up as a sole proprietorship or a single member LC, it's just part of your 1040 tax return. So that would not need to be ran through the business. As a corporation, we'd recommend running it through the business. So regardless, but if you're paying for, if you're self-employed and paying for health insurance premiums, you get a deduction for it. So make sure you're doing it correctly and talking to your payroll provider if necessary. If you have high medical costs, 
typically say $5,000, $6,000 or more per year. And you kind of expect that to continue. And this would be over and above health insurance premiums. So this is out of pocket medical costs. You might want to look at implementing a Section 105 plan or a medical expense reimbursement plan. This is a way that you can get a business deduction for medical costs for you and your family. Great opportunity, great thing to set up. Some key things you need to set it up to be set up correctly. But if you have high medical costs, it could be very well worth it. If you have employees and you want to offer a health plan for them, oftentimes people get scared and they're like, I don't want to go through a group plan. I don't want to go through the hassle of having to do all that. Well, then you might want to look at an HRA or a QSERA specifically. If you have less than 30 employees, you might want to look at a QSERA. These are, again, great ways to be able to provide a health benefit without having to set up this whole group plan and, and do all those things. But basically, you're saying, okay, for all of our employees, we're going to give a set amount to them based on if they're single or family. We're going to do a set amount to them, and then they can use those funds to pay for their own plan that they can pick and choose. Then they're not forced into a plan that you want them to be in. They can do shop the marketplace. They can do whatever they want. It's a really good tool, especially for those smaller businesses. The other thing we want to talk about is a health savings account, an HSA. This is a strategy that I believe every single person, whether you're a business owner or not, should be taken advantage of as long as you have the funds available. An HSA is one tool that the IRS does not give out too often. You get a tax deduction going into it. There's tax-free growth and tax-free withdrawals. So you get a tax deduction going in, tax-free growth and tax-free withdrawals, assuming you use those withdrawals for qualified medical expenses. So if you have a high deductible health plan, that's a requirement to be able to fund an HSA is you need to have a high deductible health plan. If you have a high deductible health plan, you should definitely be utilizing, setting up and funding a health savings account up to the maximum that you can have. Again, if it makes sense for you and your family. So that's health. Self-employed health insurance, medical expense reimbursement plan, QSERA if you have employees and a health savings account HSA. Again, we've done deep dives into all of those strategies that you can look into if, if you'd like. Again, what our goal is this week and last week was to go through these strategies and then just shoot that checklist of like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about this three months ago, but I didn't do anything. Now's the time. 1231 is going to be here before you know it. Now's the time to start taking advantage of that. Next thing I want to talk about is the short-term rental loophole. We've talked about how rental properties are a great track strategy. Rental properties are a great way to help offset your income, especially if you have passive income. Now, if you are a W-2 earner or a business owner that is not in in the normal business of of real estate, and you buy a long-term rental property, you might have some depreciation, some losses from that rental property, but you're not going to be able to take those passive losses from a long-term rental to offset your business income. But if you have a short-term rental, that's an average stay of seven days or less, and you actively participate into it, which we, we talk about what that means. Now there's potential that we can use the losses from a short-term rental to offset W-2 income, to offset business income, and, and really be a great tax strategy. So if you're looking at short-term rental, I know we're cutting close on time with being at the end of the year, but if you have a short-term rental, make sure you're putting it in place and you're doing the rentals to, that you can get those done to qualify as a short-term rental. You might look at a cost segregation study to really beef up that year one depreciation. So we're getting tight. It's going to be really tight to purchase a short-term rental, put in place and do the rental piece all, all now. But if you have one in place or you've been working on one, you've been trying to fix it up, this may be a great opportunity where you can do a short-term rental this year. We can get that thing fixed up. We can get it rented. We can get it placed in service. We can do the cost segregation study front load a bunch of depreciation on that property to help offset our W-2 income, offset our business income. And the next year, maybe we move it to a long-term rental, a great opportunity. 
So definitely look into that if you're into that rental idea and want to look at the planning opportunities there. We talked about in maximizing deductions how we would never advise someone to just go out and buy something that they don't need. But if you need something, if you need an automobile, if you need some equipment, if you need some furniture in your business, now is the opportunity to go do that. If you're looking to, we need to lower your income here in 2023, we can use depreciation to help speed up those purchases, speed up the depreciation and expense on those purchases. And so that's going to be something you want to purchase and put in place before the end of the year. If it's something you need, again, I would never advise someone to go out and buy something that they don't need. But if you do need those new things and you have income that you want to offset this year, you might want to look at that automobile deduction, equipment deduction, depreciation for 2023 is 80%. Bonus depreciation, first year bonus depreciation for 2023 is 80%. That's going to continue to go down and down each year thereafter. Last year was 100%. This year's 80. Next year's going to be 60. Now there's other opportunities. We can combo that with a section 179 expense and things like that. But just something to keep in mind that if you're going to need something, if you're going to need to purchase something early next year, that's going to be a high dollar ticket item. Could you purchase it this year? The key thing is that we need to purchase it and put it in service. So if you go and buy a new truck and you have it delivered January 15th, that's not put into service. That's a 2024 automobile, not a 2023. So just keep that in mind. The other thing is that if you're just starting out your business, if you've been in that startup mode, you've been doing all these things to get your business rolling, doing advertising, doing some build out, maybe on a building, whatever it might be. But if you're in startup mode, make a sale before the end of the year. That gets you out of startup mode and into an operating business mode, which can make a big impact when we're talking about taxes and talking about startup costs and various different things like that. So if you're in startup mode, make sure you make a sale before you're in so we can get you out of startup mode and start taking advantage of that more operating business. Finally, two kind of key things. One, get your bookkeeping up to date. You're going to need some type of bookkeeping file, especially if you're an S corporation, we're going to want an income statement, a balance sheet. If you're a sole prop, single member LLC, just filing on a schedule C, you're going to want an income statement, a profit and loss that shows how your business is doing. And if you haven't done any bookkeeping this year, start now. The last thing you want to do is be rushing in January, rushing in February, just to get something over to your accountant. Because not only are you not being able to use that information to understand kind of even where you're at right now, but you're likely going to miss deductions that were readily available to you, which means you're paying more in taxes than necessary. So take the time now. Maybe you're in a downtime part of the year. Take the time now. Get your bookkeeping up to date. If you're not set up on accounting software, I highly recommend doing a cloud-based accounting software like Xero or, or QuickBooks Online. Bottom line, get your bookkeeping up to date before you end, so we can go into that new year and get on a regular schedule moving forward. Also, 1099 season is going to be coming around the corner. So if you're paying contractors, paying vendors, things like that, that qualify and need a 1099 sent to them, you're going to need to start prepping those starting January 1st. So go ahead and make sure you gather all the W-9s you need from all of your contractors before you end here. Gather those so that when it comes time, send 1099s. We have all the information we need. We can prep them quick, get them out the door. So that's going to wrap up some of this year-end items, things that we're thinking about for 2023 that we want to complete before 1231. Because remember, once 1231 hits, most of these tax strategies get thrown out the door. Now there's some strategies available after the year's end, but majority of strategies get thrown out the door. So take the time now. Again, I said this last week and I'll say this again. This is one of those episodes that there is no, hey, I'll do this next week or I'll do it the week later. This is one of those episodes where if you have something on that list, something that we've talked about that you haven't completed yet, take that headset off, park your car, do whatever you need to do to make sure you implement that strategy. We talk so much about how learning is so key as business owners, 
as individuals in general, but implementation is just as important. We can learn, but if we never implement, we don't see the benefits from that learning. We need to learn and now we need to implement. Now that time to implement is slowly dwindling down. We are near the end. And so I want to make that very clear that if you're looking at any of these strategies that we talked about today or anything we've talked about all year long, make it a priority. This is something you're doing this week. You're implementing those, taking advantage of it so you can get it off your plate and move forward. So let's recap. Where have we been the last two weeks and where have we been the last two months and many of the podcasts this year? Let's talk about S corporations. Again, this is a great opportunity to start creating that list. And I want you to see everyone with lists with check marks. So, yep, I took advantage of that strategy. I completed this one. And if you don't have a check mark there, again, that's that piece that you want to start doing this week. So let's, do, let's talk about S corporations again. If you're operating, if you're not operating as an S corporation, does it make sense for you to operate as an S corporation this year? And do you have an LLC set up? If so, let's do a late election, get payroll caught up. Put that on your list. If you don't have an LLC set up or you don't have a corporation set up, but you have a business that's very profitable, put that on the list. Start an LLC so that next year I can take advantage of this idea of an S corporation. If you're already operating as an S corporation, have you revisited your salary to make sure it's reasonable and everything looks good there? Have you started to calculate your self-employed health insurance that you need to contact your payroll provider for? Have you set up and implemented your accountable plan and made the reimbursement there? Now we're going to talk about maximizing deductions. Have you revisited all those things on your personal side, every that spending? Have you analyzed all your spending to make sure that you have taken advantage of everything that's business related? We'll put that on your list. Have you hosted your board meetings? Set that up. Have you funded your retirement accounts? Set up your retirement accounts. Revisited your retirement accounts. Looked at retirement. Thought about retirement accounts. Whatever it might be, have you thought about that retirement account piece? Have you utilized, set up, documented, dutcherized, crossed your T's on the 14-day home rental rule, Augusta rule? Did you hire your kids in your business? Whether they're under 18 or over 18, have you hired your kids and have you set that up properly to make sure that we're maximizing tax deductions? The medical piece, again, self-employed health insurance. Make sure we're taking advantage of that, however our business is organized, and based on how your business is organized, make sure you're doing it the correct way. If you have high medical medical costs out of pocket over and above health insurance, does it make sense to set up a Section 105 plan, a medical expense reimbursement plan? We look at QSERA if you have employees. Did you look at how, what medical benefits you're offering your employees and what is the most tax advantage way to do that? Maybe a QSERA might make sense. Have you set up and funded your health savings account if you're operating or if you have a high deductible health plan? If you have a short-term rental, have you put that in place? Have you looked at a cost segregation study for it? Are you utilizing that short-term rental to maximize the tax savings and not being able to offset W-2 income, being able to offset business income? If you need an automobile in your business, have you done the legwork there? If you already have an automobile, if you have an automobile that you use personally for business, are you documenting your mileage? Are we taking advantage of that? Are we adding it to our accountable plan? Let's revisit that. Is there any equipment, furniture, electronics, different things like that that we need in our business that we can take advantage of, make that expensive purchase now? If you're in a startup mode in your business, make a sale. Get out of startup mode. Get into operating business mode. Get your bookkeeping up to date. Gather your W-9s. Prepare, gather your W-9s so you're ready to send your 1099s at year end. Those are the things that I want all business owners, every single business owner to be thinking about. So hopefully this was helpful. Again, we deep dive into every single one of these strategies and we've done it many episodes, uh, some more recent as the past couple of weeks, some closer to earlier in the year, but we've gone through all of these different topics. So if you're thinking like, hey, I love that idea. You want to dive deeper into the details of it. Make sure you're doing that. Again, when we talk about tax planning, we talk about tax strategies, 
it's important that we dot our I's and cross our T's. Understanding a tax strategy is one thing. Knowing that tax strategy and doing it the correct way and having the support and documentation on file to back that up is also equally important. So make sure that we're not only understanding the strategy, but we're dotting our I's and crossing our T's and the support and documentation to back it up. That's the beauty around tax planning. So hopefully this was helpful. We're going to finish up next week uh, with a Q&A session. So hopefully you guys are excited for that. I just want to say I've been extremely, had an incredible time this year. I've seen, heard from, talked to, uh, seen so many business owners say, Mike, this is the year that I've paid, I've never paid less in taxes this year while making more money. So hopefully that's you. Hopefully this has been helpful. And remember, if you want to take what we talk about here and dive even deeper, you can always check out our software, Tax Elm. You can find us at www.taxelm.com. I want to thank you for listening to another episode. And if you did not check our episode last week, make sure you go do that now because we talked about part two or part one then. This was part two. Thank you for listening to another episode and I will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.